to another episode of the Good Newscast. Uh, we wild conversation happening before we hit this record button. Make sure your mic's on. I think your mic's on. Right now. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's taken us forever to get here. Maybe. Yeah, I think we've been talking for like an hour and a half yeah. um, about all sorts of stuff. None of which, basically, the minority of it we're actually right. going to talk about. So uh, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about. Um, comfort in in life and comfort in death and i'll explain why in a second just so you know probably next week if not next week the next week we're going to put out an episode on um i would maybe kind of summarize it as violence in general and what as christians what should we think about violence um in general um violence that can go all the way to the degree of uh, someone being killed. Uh, and so uh, there's all sorts of sub points uh, along with violence, um, such as uh, what do we think about all from the scriptures? What do we think about guns or weapons? What do we think about things like self-defense? Um, this is obviously coming on the heels of the incident and the tragic incident in Nashville. Um that happened at a church that's a part of our denomination. Uh, so we want to talk about all those things, talk about things like, uh, yeah, self-defense, violence, mm-hmm. shootings, just that whole, whole civil authorities, civil yeah. authorities, uh, military police, all that kind of stuff. And just kind of answer the question or at least explain our views from the scriptures and what we believe God thinks about those topics, uh, from the Bible. Uh, so can Christians defend themselves? Is it ever a, should a Christian ever kill another person? Obviously never murder. That's different. Right. But uh, for instance, could a Christian be a police officer who has to kill someone one day? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that ever a right thing? Um, can Christians defend themselves? Could they be a part of the military? Uh, all sorts defend of your family. All sorts yeah. of stuff. We're going to talk about all of that. So um, today we're going to talk about uh, our comfort in life. Uh, here, since we didn't really plan how we'll start, we kind of know what we're going to talk about. I'll start this way. Um, we've been talking a lot about church, uh, and we've been talking about a lot of particularly the evangelical church. We're an evangelical, gospel-believing church, um, Presbyterian. Uh, a lot of evangelical churches, I've noticed, uh, intentionally or not, uh, I think can uh, target and kind of uh, try to appeal to younger people, particularly like that 18 to 22-year-old college student yeah. age-ish. And what I mean by that is a lot of times I think the evangelical churches can promote themselves and shape their Sunday experience and kind of everything they do toward the lines of like, positive, everything's amazing, everything's great, everything's wonderful and comfortable. Um, we're having a great time. It's kind of, it can kind of be like this hype ever uh, ongoing hype machine yeah that today's great, tomorrow's great, everything's awesome. And um, and especially as a pastor, uh, you and I have been to a, uh, two memorial services uh, in the past uh, month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had tragic incidents hit in our country. I sometimes will look at that way of doing church and go, where do funerals fit in this? Where does suffering fit? Where does difficulty fit? And I'll throw it to you uh, after this, but my mm-hmm. kind of what I'm trying to say there is the older I get, the more I realize um, 
life and in particular even Christianity is often not how the church can describe it sometimes. Then you say Um, you said something like you're on an adventure with Jesus. That seems to be the way. Yeah, I think your typical 19, 20-year-old, rightfully so, that in many ways they have their whole life ahead of them. They're moving out of that adolescent age into like the world is before me and now I'm kind of in charge. My parents are not in charge. Mm -hmm. In many ways, like their adult life is beginning uh, in our country uh, around that age and time. And, you know, and I think Christianity is even promoted to them sometimes, knowingly or not, as like, yeah, you're about to have this wonderful adventure with Jesus, right? And then life hits, you know, yeah. and and, bi- and life can be difficult. It can feel dark. It can feel cloudy. It can feel like, man, was I, when I was 18, I, I, I felt like Jesus was borderline physically present with me. Yeah. Now I'm wondering where in the world God even is. Yeah. Where is he? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I'm ever going to get married. Yeah. I'm hoping my kids are going to be okay when they grow up and that they're going to believe in Jesus. I'm wondering if I'm ever going to get to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going to get to retire and then the economy took a turn. Yeah. Like life hits. And in the midst of all of that, my best friend died. In the midst of all of that, my spouse died. In the midst of all of that, you know, yeah. my spouse died and then my father died. Mm-hmm. And, and and now I'm dealing with this, um, a child who's got a disease, you know, like right. nobody told me about this when I was 19, that this was all part of the adventure. Right. And then you have, a, you have a, a, that school of experience, as Luther would say, of yourself. And so now yeah. you're like Jeez. feeling, you're feeling you and you don't feel very good about you as you start moving on later in life yeah you just have more data about what you're really like and in the midst of all that you're trying not to um hate yourself yeah right for for how sinful you really are right so you have you have the stuff that comes out of you and you have the stuff that comes at you and so we're asking man is there a comfort that reaches all through that and can reach the bottom of it and actually comfort us. Yeah, so I'll throw it to you. Yeah. What is our comfort in the midst of life that can be dark and difficult, as Paul talked about? We wrestle with the principalities of darkness. What is our stable comfort? How do we live in a place of of some sense of comfort and security? I'm going to get my uh, charger while you talk. Yeah, so I just this is such a, a, a fantastic question because um well it's interesting if you look at all the major theological creeds and confessions uh which are incredibly helpful we love theology i love theology we call it here theology on fire because we believe it brings clarity to the mind and it's packed with power god's gospel power for the heart good theology does uh that's christ-centered um so I'm not, we're not saying this, I'm not saying this to denigrate theology at all, but it's really fascinating that uh, my favorite um, beginning of any theological document is the Heidelberg. And so you could have these, you know, I can imagine as everybody's thinking through, you know, that just even the theological placement of doctrines when you're trying to put a, a confession together, do we start with the Bible? Do we start with God? You know what I mean? Everyone's trying to uh, align out a conceptual idea of these doctrines. And the Heidelberg starts with what is your only comfort in life and death? I mean, just immediately, incredibly applicable, certainly, but pastoral and probably 
um, answering the same kind of stuff that someone who's now pushing into their mid twenties and thirties and has some experience with life. Uh, what is my only comfort in life and death? Uh, and the answer to the Heidelberg is that I, uh, belong to my, that I am not my own. I belong to my savior and body and soul to my faithful savior and goes on and talks about what Jesus did. And then even talks about how, uh, nothing now can come to me. Not even a hair can fall from my head, but by the will of my faithful savior. Uh, so the answer is there's really ultimately only one comfort and that's Jesus. Um, I was reading, uh, an old Puritan, this guy Gurnall, I don't know why, but was reading and his take on uh, the armor of God is that it's Jesus. It's all gospel armor. Mm -hmm. And it's literally becoming strong in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that that's the only way you can survive the onslaught of yourself, the onslaught of bad things that come at us and the bad things that come out of us. The only way, the only armor, the only comfort is Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's all you got. Um, so it, as we think through, okay, that's great. What is our, our only comfort is Jesus. How, how does that happen and how do you get that comfort? Um, I think one thing that's incredible about that comfort and even about the armor that we're called to put on, there's, a, there's different aspects to it. There's a multiplicity to it. So Jesus, who he is and what he's done, comes with a multiplicity of life-giving divine power and aspects. And so you could almost say there's comforts in Jesus. Um, And in fact, in Corinthians, Paul says just that. And he says, even about God, he's the father, not of mercy, but mercies. And he's the God of all comfort, all comforts. So... um, in doing so, so we're talking about comfort in Jesus. Uh, there's aspects of the gospel, who he is and what he's done that we need to hear and that we need to draw near to that actually gives us real present comfort. Um, so anyhow, that's, that's what I would say. That's how I'd say we should start in this conversation about comfort. I think that, uh, I'll make a try to remember to make a comment of what I'm thinking as you're talking, but I think that it's it's uh, it's so uh, it it's so profound, if you will, or uh, what I'm trying to say is it sends us a really good message that that the Heidelberg, for instance, starts with what is your only comfort? Because like if we rephrase that, they could have started, as you said, anywhere like you're writing this big, huge what you hope is a huge theological document that kind of does Christianity explains Christianity from A to Z. Right. Okay. Where are we going to start? As you said, they start with what's your only comfort. If you rephrase it, think about it like this. They basically started by saying like, how do we get comfortable in life? Which, uh, you know, even that a lot of, especially I think when I was a young Christian, I would think what a selfish, a self-centered question as though I should ever be comforted in life, you know? Um, but the older I've gotten, even though still young, but the more life has happened, the more, even, even when life doesn't happen, just there's more to worry about. You just start more and more. I go, Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I, I've got, where is my comfort? How can I get comfortable? You know? And yes, there are ways to answer that question that are profoundly sinful, 
but it does show theologically that God is in the business of comforting us. Yeah. Um, that 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 he he takes great delight in in us being comfortable in that sense. I yeah. don't mean comfortable like, yeah, your retirement account may be out of whack, right. but you're comfortable, yeah. you know, deep down. Yeah. Um, so that does speak to a, a, uh, a comfort that uh, does transcend our circumstances and a comfort mm-hmm. that does transcend even the uncomfortableness of our own struggles internally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can even talk about, they call this the age of anxiety. Um, what does comfort look like uh, to an anxious person? Mm-hmm. What does comfort look like when you've lost a great loss? Yeah. What does comfort look like for folks in Nashville, yeah. in that community? Yeah. What does it? Where We know that Jesus is our only comfort in life and death. Uh, what aspects of who he is and what he's done um, are helpful in comforting people, just even pastorally. Um, I think it's fascinating for people that are, uh, for instance, very, very anxious. There seems to be a lot of comfort in the righteousness of another. Mm -hmm. There seems to be for people that are incredibly anxious, that's usually about our performance, it's usually about uh, people's perceptions of us. Uh, it's usually about uh, circumstances and things that are outside of our control. But let's just talk about like for an anxious person who needs comfort, that the righteousness of another and the acceptability of another uh, kind of takes the edge off uh, bad performances and the struggle to have good performances mm-hmm. and the people pleasing and the fear of failure and the fear of rejection, uh, there's a lot of anxiety that goes away just right there in the comfort of Jesus's own righteousness for you. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus actually uh, taking all these horrible things about you and all these horrible things that have happened in the world and taking them to the cross himself and owning them and becoming them and then swallowing them up mm-hmm. as, as Paul says, there's there's a lot of comfort in that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of comfort for people that grieve the loss of loved ones, knowing that, that this is a, a temporarily unavailability, not a permanent one. Lots of comfort, but that comfort comes from because of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So anyhow, there's comfort um, is a very big word, uh, but there are lots of, slivers and aspects to it, terrain to it, that Jesus and who he is and what he's done uh, can address all the uncomfortable things that happen in this life. And this is why churches need to be in the business of giving this comfort every single Sunday, because there are people walking into our church on Sunday, their spouse died two weeks ago. You know, two weeks ago, we maybe mourned with them, and then it's long forgotten as we still try to kind of promote this idea of, oh, you know, your adventure with Jesus, you know, or uh, there are people that in two weeks, their spouse is going to die, or, you know, just dark tragedy is going to hit, and we need to be in the business of preparing them for that, that what they heard two Sundays ago may be the thing that they needed, right? And ultimately, what they need to hear again and again is, what is my comfort? that I belong to Jesus. 
Um, so they need to be, we need to be hearing every single Sunday about who Jesus is and what he's done. And practically speaking, what I've been thinking as you've been talking is what is this kind of, um, like to, to kind of further try to elaborate and explain it's, it's as simple and as powerful as I may be in what feels like darkness. Yeah. The Bible would maybe call it, uh, the valley of darkness, um, the, the shadow of death, right? I may be there, um, and I don't even know what I don't know. I don't, I don't even understand fully what's happened. I don't understand how I'm going to get through it. I don't, under, I don't know if there's light at the end of this. Um, but what I know is if I belong to myself, that's terrifying because if I belong to myself, ultimately, what I'm saying is I'm in control of myself. I'm in control of my future. Um, I am the, I am, you know, the buck stops with me. I'm the decision maker. And that's terrifying because I don't even understand my circumstances right now. I don't even understand how I'm, where I'm at and what I'm going through. Nonetheless, of how to get through it and, and let's ask the biggest question in life. And then I know that after all of this difficulty, I'm going to die. And if I belong to me and I'm in control, I, I don't have an answer for death. I don't know. How do I beat death? I don't. 10 out of 10 die. So I don't really have much comfort now because I just feel out of control in life. And I don't really have much comfort in death because I don't know how to beat death. So I'm just not, I have no comfort security. Hmm. If I belong to Jesus, then what I'm saying is, I'm saying God knows about all of this and he's on top of it. That's kind of what's coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. He's on top of it. He understands what's going on. He knew every bit of what was going to happen. He's on top of it already. <laughs> and I'm even thinking about someone who's in the court of law and it's like, I don't understand even the, um, uh, the laws that I'm caught up in or that I maybe accidentally transgressed or maybe I didn't transgress, but I'm still getting accused of it. I don't understand how to fight this legal battle. I don't know how to uh, win it. And I've, I've actually always wondered this, like how do, how do those people on trial who maybe are facing life in prison mm. for perhaps something they didn't even do? Cause that's one of my biggest fears as a side note. Uh, how do they even have there a, for you, bud. How do they even have a semblance of comfort and security? And I've always gone back to it's in their lawyer, it's in their attorney. I guarantee you. Yeah. It is I don't know what's going on, but I have an advocate who's on top of it. And he is working tirelessly to understand every bit of it. Yeah. And to take control, right? And I even think that that is so much of what this what at least I'm trying to say with comfort is like life hits it yeah. gets hard it gets dark you you sometimes wonder is god smiling behind these dark clouds or not um the bible tells me he understands it he yeah. knows me and he's on top of it he's behind it before it in it um yeah. uh he's on top of it yeah he's got it yeah it's so good so he, yeah you belong to him so then you belong to everything about him Right, so you belong to his life, you belong to his mm-hmm. obedience, his righteousness, you belong to his death, you belong to his resurrection, uh, you belong to his present reign and rule, and that's why you know Paul says, you know, think about where you're at, you know, you're seated above, put your your mind and your heart, think about that. That's a why to get comfort, mm-hmm. to get comfort mm-hmm. about these things. Yeah, it's a it's amazing. Jesus, even as we're kind of opening this up even now for us that, um, 
it's there's lots and loads mm-hmm. of comfort in all of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished. And that's why the scriptures go on forever with a multiplicity of ideas and images yeah. about who he is and what he's done. Um, so we want to uh, encourage you no matter where you are right now, if it has to do with things that are going on inside of you, that are coming out of you, that are scary and overwhelming uh, and have produced those kind of emotions in you and that kind of stress in you, uh, or even that you've now seen hurt others and hurt relationships, and then you've got stuff that's coming, that's bad stuff that's coming at us, whether it's the crazy culture right now or, or even a community up in Nashville, um, there is a comfort for all of these. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we want to encourage you to find that there's only one place ultimately you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that you belong to Jesus, uh, body and soul. And as you actually learn and understand more about who he is and what he's done, uh, streams of comfort, living water actually touch you and reach you and wash over you and fill you. Uh, and it's actually a practical way that the Holy Spirit does fill you and comfort you. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think it's Romans 5. Uh, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not graciously give us all things? I think it's Romans 5. Eight. Eight. Eight, yeah. Will he not graciously give us all things? Yeah. So Paul there is saying, listen, God has already given you yeah. the best he will definitely give right. you whatever you need. He's definitely on top of it. Yeah. You've already received the absolute prize <laughs> yeah. gift of God. Yeah. Whatever you need right now, trust me, he's on top of it. So practically, and we can wrap it up here, practically, so what do you do? Um, conceptually, all right, Jesus is my comfort. Conceptually, the wonders of all that's involved and who he is and what he's done and belonging to him, body and soul, right? Um, I think one of the most comforting, healthy ways of finding practical comfort is to be incredibly curious and to be a listener and then go to the scriptures. Um, so maybe it's, it's the Psalms that you want to start, or maybe it's uh, you want to look at you want to look at Jesus's life like it's the movie unfolding in the Gospels, or maybe you're thinking, you know, I need a little more explanation about who he is and what he's done. So you want to go to the letters, the epistles, as they begin to help interpret who Jesus is and what he's done. Regardless, uh, go as a listener and go as, a, as someone who's really, really curious. Uh, Luther would say, go to the scriptures empty-handed and that takes the pressure off. You're, you're not the one that's grabbing comfort. You're not the one that's going to produce comfort. You're not the one that's going to control comfort. You're actually going to receive it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to achieve it, but you're going to receive it. So if you go to the scriptures uh, as a listener uh, and as being curious and, and have no pressure to find something and produce something and have some magical moment with God, uh, you can relax and you can actually listen and let God genuinely comfort you mm-hmm. in, with, through, by his words. Mm-hmm. This is helpful. Hopefully this is helpful for you. Uh, 
listeners, uh, like I said, next week uh, or the next week, next week or the next, uh, we will uh, pivot to that topic um, uh, regarding uh, everything we talked about in the beginning of this episode. So as always, feel free to reach out, uh, let us know ideas for us to cover. As always, we